Welcome to another episode of the Sola Gratia podcast. Uh, my name is David Prairie, and I'm here once again with my good friend, the one and only, Mr. Aaron Arnold. Hey, Aaron. Good afternoon, Aaron. Hello. Uh, we're back in my office here at Grace Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and our topic for today, uh, especially as it relates to youth ministry, but then also just really to the Christian life in general, is uh, we want to talk about discipling or discipleship or making disciples or just any uh, any branch of that word, I guess, that we feel like is mm-hmm. is most productive. So um, hopefully we'll be able to, to kind of give a, a well-rounded talk about this and then also just kind of show um, how hopefully this would be pretty normal for most of us uh, as followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, maybe, maybe we'll just try to try to start pretty simply like we normally do and just kind of, kind of understand some terms. So, uh, so Aaron, when you hear about discipleship, making disciples, uh, what kinds of things come into your mind as far as how to understand that word, understand that process, you know, de- definitions or at least, uh, at least understandings that you think are important for us to know here from the get go. I think, I think, um, I think of Jesus and his disciples, first of all. I mean, I guess that's the first thing that comes to mind is Jesus, you know, running around Jerusalem and Galilee and, you know, all those places over there. And, you know, he's got these these 12 guys following him. And, you know, that that's one of the pictures that comes to mind. But as far as it relates to the Christian life, I think about, um, think about David Platt and, you know, his push when he... When he wrote, uh, he and Francis Chan did Multiply, yep. and you saw bumper stickers. And I see still, but I still see bumper stickers that say "Making disciples that make disciples." Yeah. And on the one hand, you know, it you, you get this idea that it's it's done in a like really specific certain way, but you know, like oh, I got to meet one on one with someone for X amount of time you know, so many times a month or, you know, we got to meet this quarter, but it's really so much more than that. You know, Awana leaders are making disciples, Mm. Sunday school teachers and children's church workers, they're making disciples. And so it's not, youth leaders are making disciples and it's not so much, you know, this, oh, this is a whole nother call. It should be something that organically happens within Christianity. Yeah. So you mentioned Jesus with his disciples. I guess maybe the question is then, well, what what were they doing? Um, you know, what was Jesus doing with those men? And it's kind of like you said, it's it's not that he, it's not that they, as far as we can tell, at least from reading, it's not that they were setting aside an hour or two here or there for certain meetings. It was just the fact that they were together. They spent really uh, apparently most, if not all, their time together for this uh set number of years yeah and so just wherever they went jesus is the one doing the discipling for these guys and Mm kind of teaching them you know object lessons teaching them um about god probably teaching them how to understand the scriptures but also probably just teaching them about how to uh, recognize the work of the lord in all kinds of uh, facets yeah uh, of life you know, and and some of the example, I, I love the examples you gave. Really, um, a lot of those are things that happen in the context of a 
of a of a church of a local right. church, you know. Right. Um, and that's not to say it's it's limited to just those things, but yeah, I don't. I, like I said, I don't think. I think we need to open our mind our minds up to what discipleship is, and and think think bigger than you know. Uh, I don't, I don't know what what pictures come to different people's minds. But it's not this like rigorous, grueling, you know, like, oh, you know, I've got to find a, a disciple and take him under my wing kind of thing. Hmm. It just happened organically, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think of, of um, of course, people who have done this for me mm-hmm. in a in a variety of ways. Um, and sometimes, like you said, it's that formal, okay, let's get together once a month and right. try to, you know, meet up, try to have lunch or whatever. Uh, but other times it's just people who, especially when I was younger, would invite me uh, or at least make sure that I had an opportunity to be around when they were just doing life normally. Yeah. You know, I'd be at their house for dinner or, um, you know, we'd, we'd make time to, to play ball together, play cards together, yeah. you know, various youth leaders and, and just other um friends who who would do that kind of thing for me what what, what's kind of your experience i'm sure it's somewhat similar uh, when you think of of folks who have tried to disciple you i think there the the two biggest examples i have would be ken ivan's youth leader that we both grow up grew up under yep um and he was more that was more of a you know vocational but you know but he had he had other he he was always making time to disciple disciple everyone that you know came to him which yeah. i thought was great yeah. and again that that looks different um and you know and i want to get back to that one because there's a there's a whole web of interconnectivity uh, i want to talk about at some point but um so that i guess that would be more like formal discipleship um again that that was his job but he also took joy in it uh informally i think about ted draper yeah and you know he used to have me and some and uh, some of my friends over every thursday night every thursday night we went over to ted's apartment we lifted weights and we ate pizza and we watched weird Al music videos or whatever else. The stuff of men. That's right. And so, you know, and that... Is this pre-YouTube? This is pre-YouTube, So yes. you pulled up Weird Al videos. He must have had tapes or, his, or DVDs or something. His roommate at the time had a DVD. Nice. And so that was... Yeah, this was pre-YouTube. I mean, these this was in the day of dial-up. Yep. Internet. And Napster. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, and, and that kind of discipleship, you know, it was, you know, we, we, I don't want this to sound bad or anything, but we never, we never broke out into like Bible study, Hmm. but it was, it was an older male encouraging younger males. Yeah. And, you know, it was. Ted was a huge encouragement, you know, even if there wasn't Bible study happening. Yeah. And so, you know, I think 
I think in in discipleship you want that to happen, but but again, there's other facets to it. Yeah. Not just we have to we have to get out our Bibles every time we meet. Yeah, and so I guess, I guess it was more seeing him in his life live out his life and in his Christian life, and um, that was really encouraging to me. Yeah, and I suspect that Ted, along with others, because I'm thinking of guys for me, uh, Ted Ted to some extent. But Brandon Paris, mm-hmm. Tommy Dole, yeah, um, and I. But it seems to me that all those guys, in your experience too, um, not to give all the credit or even too much credit, say to one person, but I think they, I think that became very natural for those guys because of 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 Ken, yeah, because of how they kind of saw Ken operate, um, and so it was. It became, I guess, maybe contagious. You'd say, yeah, it was just a natural outflow of what we were doing. Um, as a church and as a youth ministry, right. so that so that it wasn't, so to speak, weird, right? For for you to go to Ted's house, for him to have you over, it right. was just um, it was a pretty natural extension from what was already happening, yeah, uh, in the ministry at that time. Yeah, um, getting back to Ken and the interconnect interconnectivity web. I don't know what you want to call it. Today we we're, we're going in my Sunday school class. We're going through Vanishing Grace. By Philip Yancey. Okay. And he was talking about what are, you know, there's these three kinds of people that that reach reach people for Christ. There's the activist, artist, and pilgrim. And a pilgrim is like, I'm a person, you're a person, we're in this together. An artist would be like a writer or a, you know, they create music or whatever. And an activist would be someone who does something. And can, you know, what we th- we think about discipleship, and again, I'm I'm really I, I want to get past just the whole like okay we did one on one meeting mm-hmm. you know so in in uh, Ken's example he had this after Wednesday night Bible study this later Bible study and in that Bible study he introduced C S Lewis to me mm-hmm. and Francis Schaefer to me yeah and. Uh, you know, and that was that was on the pilgrim level. Well, that introduced the artist and the activist because I started reading C.S. Lewis later because I'd been introduced to him by Ken. Yeah. And so C.S. Lewis, you know, I'm, uh, is kind yeah. of like he discipleships through writing. Hmm. And Francis Schaeffer does the same thing, but Francis Schaeffer was a big activist. And if you know his story, he founds this, this place called Labrie and yeah. he lets anyone come in who ask questions about Christianity. And so there's a, a living example, you know, and so it's multi-layered and it's all these things. I don't know that I would have come across C.S. Lewis or Francis Schaeffer had it not been for Ken. Yeah. And so discipleship through writing. And then C.S. Lewis led me to read Tolkien and Milton and, you know, and all these great things. And so I'm, I'm more like, yeah, the artist way reaches me, the writings mm-hmm. and, um, but it is that's that that is a form of discipleship writing and reading yeah. other people's writings yeah and uh you know that's been very important to me but it all started you know Ken has his bible study we read C.S. Lewis mere christianity and I'm scratching my head the whole way through but yeah yeah uh yeah it's good so 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 let's kind of go from there then maybe and talk about um, the way that discipleship is um, hopefully practiced or at least um, 
the way that we try to, um, I don't want to say manufacture, but the way that we try to promote it yeah. in our youth ministry. And so we still have a uh, you know small group mm-hmm. program. You're a leader in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I lead a group as well. And so, so the way it's set up for those who who may not be familiar is that we have we have Sunday school classes on Sunday mornings, but then Wednesday nights we really meet um, all together. We have students sixth grade all the way up through twelfth grade. Uh, we spend about an hour or so all together in a pretty typical worship type service where we sing together and pray and study the Bible. But then we break mm-hmm. and we spend um, you know anywhere from. 20 to 30 to 40 minutes some weeks uh, with a small group. So it's, and we say small, I guess some groups, you know, have probably as few as four or five who regularly come and then others have have maybe uh, nine or ten. And a couple adults in each group to where we're trying to uh, not necessarily reteach the lesson, but really just more trying to apply what it is we've Mm. heard from Scripture that night and talking to the guys or the girls, so we have, you know, split by gender, mm-hmm. so so girls meet with girls, guys meet with guys, but talking to our groups about um, how do we how do we make sense of this for our own lives? How can we apply this? Uh, what how can we put this into practice this week? And so that way, it's sort of the bridge from okay, here's what the scripture says. We've all paid attention to it together, hopefully, and now let's talk about what what's expected of us as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, what else would you have to to kind of add about that experience that we try to provide every week? Uh, what are the different things that maybe we're trying to accomplish through that, or or what do you see the value of those kinds of meetings being? I think one of the big values is you see where each individual student is at. Okay, yeah. you know, provided that they open up and share, because sometimes. You know, you have a question, you pose it to the group, and there's cricket chirps. That's right. And then, you know, student makes a funny face, and everyone starts laughing. Then you got to get them back on track. But, um, you know, when they do answer and they do open up, it, it's it's a great way to see where they're at, where their heart is at. You know, what is it that they gained from the message, and what is it what is it that they can apply to in their lives. Because, you know, yeah, you know, I'm in a group with all eighth grade guys. Yeah. Um, you know, you would think, well, these are eighth grade guys. They're probably, every everything about their lives are probably the same. But it, it's not, you know, because they're different. They're in different places family-wise. They're yeah. in different places, you know, spiritually. And so one passage of Scripture, whatever we go over the night may have a whole different application for each one of them hmm. and the people they come into contact with and how they uh, how they apply it to them to their lives and so um but you wouldn't know that if you didn't probe them and ask them for questions uh-huh. or ask them for answers ask the questions to them uh if you didn't have that discussion and it's a it's a safer hopefully environment for them to open up yeah you know, I was asking, you know, one of the questions I opened up with this last week was, you know, how's everyone doing? And, uh, you know, just to just to see how everyone was in the personal lives and there was stuff going on I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. You know, and that wouldn't have happened in a whole group setting. And um, so it, it's, you know, I think it 
kind of almost brings you down to a level to where they're not they're not being preached at or they're not feeling like they're being preached at, but you know, more of a discussion. Yeah. Non threatening, you know. And and you can share with them. And that goes the same for the leaders too. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you know, uh it might be it's a lot easier for a youth leader or, you know, the disciple maker or whoever, um, to be vulnerable in those instances than it would be a whole big crowd, you know. Yeah. And uh so I think it it I think what those the small groups does is facilitate like a a um atmosphere where discipleship can happen. Yeah. You know, um yeah. So we make time in those in those groups uh, yes, to kind of rehearse the scriptures again, to at least think about what we've heard that night and and try to apply it. But and you kind of alluded to this already, but there's there's a lot more going on there than just Bible study. Yeah, you know, there's accountability. Mm-hmm. Usually, we're trying to figure out where people are at in their lives spiritually. Um, you know how they're doing at home, how they're doing at school, how they're doing in their relationships with friends and family. Uh, so there's, there's, um, it's a lot more than just, we hope at least, it's a lot more than just rehearsed right. um, lessons or, or you know, we, we want to, because it's easy for to just kind of stay at the surface level, but we'd really, in those groups, like to go deeper, right. like you said, and just be um, be aware of yeah. what's going on in people's lives and, and, and what they what they need spiritually, how we can, you know, be of, of guidance and of assistance that way. Um, not to the neglect of scripture, but really to, to do it. So I, I guess what I'm saying is it's not either or. Right. Discipleship is not only Bible study, but it's also not only um, just trying to give our advice on life. Right. Apart from scripture. Right. We're trying to show uh, the overlap of this is what we this is how we can view the Bible and and based on how we view Scripture, that ought to help us um, with the way we view the circumstances in our lives as well. Yeah. So to show to show them hopefully the some of the relevance of that, uh, I think is good. Yeah. Um, and we and hopefully though too that th- those meetings aren't the only times of week that we're doing discipleship. Right. As you said. Right. Um, we hope that that's an avenue where that happens, but there's a lot of ways that um, that we have a chance to impact people, even some of the same people, mm-hmm. if we see them or as we interact with people outside of that as well. So yeah. Um, now I know you, you and I both do have some guys that we do meet with one on one. Yeah. So maybe kind of walk us through what a typical one-on-one uh, discipling or mentoring session with with Aaron is going to look like? Well, uh, I usually ask the the mentee, this is, uh, you know, a lot of these, uh, well, at least my, the guy I meet with, he, uh, this is through the Grace program, which I think is great, encouraging people to find someone to be mentored by, but encouraging older Christians to mentor and yeah. Mentor is just another word for disciple, at least in the Christian life, I think. But um, so, you know, I'll let, I'll let him know, you know, I'll ask him where do you want to go, you know, because we usually go out to eat and it's usually on a Sunday after church. You know, that's 
that seems to be the the easiest for the family and you know working out all of our schedules and so um our our families and and so um you know usually it's chewies or mexi wings uh you know that glory those two glorious establishments yes of, sir of a wonderful and that's part of discipling too yeah. i feel like is showing guys good places <laughs> to get lunch that's right <laughs> if uh if you if you recommended Wendy's, you know I'm gonna I'm not gonna sl- <laughs> completely slam Wendy's, but there are better places. That's the first place that came to mind. I don't know, <laughs> um, but you know we'll go there, we'll catch up on life because mm-hmm. I think that's a real important part of it. Um, and we're going through the Book of James because it, at the you know we kind of figured out okay what is it. What is it you would like to improve on? Where do you cause that you know? This was our first men, our first meeting. Yeah. Uh, I said, what do you want to? What What are you struggling with? Let's find a book or a um, section of the Bible that would address it. Yeah. And so we decided that James would probably be pretty good, and yeah. you know. And that gives the students a chance, I guess, to maybe do like some self-diagnosis, right? Recognize where they might have strengths or weaknesses, and right, and figure out where they might need a mentor to give specific guidance. And that way, you can say, okay, well, it sounds like we probably ought to pursue this um, emphasis in, right. our, in our time together. And more than likely, you know, if you're mentoring someone that's younger than you, you've been through a lot of the same things, yeah. And so this was, you know. What you want to improve on is something that, you know, I struggle with too. And, and so it, it's, it's good. It's a good way to, I think, introduce accountability at a young age or a younger age. Yeah. You know, because it's, as one, uh, you know, as I, as I grew up looking back, it, I don't know that there was a, an atmosphere where you felt safe hmm. to open up and say, all right, this is what I'm struggling with. And that's not to, this you know the youth group growing up or anything like that but it you just that there wasn't that atmosphere mm-hmm. you didn't feel like you could uh i mean it's just intimidating enough that's right you know it's it's always intimidating to a christian to go to up to another christian no matter what their relationship is and say hey i'm struggling with x can you help me with it you yeah. know yeah and so especially a, a youth to a youth leader that can be very very uh, intimidating. So yeah. I think that's where the the mentor or the youth leader, whoever is doing the discipling, taking the, the leadership and discipling, has to say, all right, I got to make the initiative in opening up and being vulnerable. Yeah. And so so we keep each other accountable on that, you know, uh, when he opens up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we talk about life, and then we, we go through the section of Scripture. And right now it's just... One chapter of James at a time, and so I try to you know encourage him to read before we meet, mm-hmm. so we can discuss and um, so we'll discuss it. And, you know what is what applications do you have for this? Um, what can I hold you accountable for? You know, yeah. As we see each other when we meet up next time, and uh, you know, and then we, we come back, and so that's that's the typical. Yeah. Typical meeting. So are you looking for certain things in a potential disciple or mentoree or or um, maybe another way to ask it is have, have you ever 
Has anybody ever asked you to disciple them and you've had to say, no, I don't think this is a good fit? Or, um, you know, or, or are you generally just trying to give your time to, to pretty much anybody who's willing or... Um, yeah, I think I think um, to a certain extent, you're not going to be approached uh, to mentor or disciple someone unless in a vol- in a more voluntary setting, I guess, unless you've earned that with the relationship that you have with them. So probably by them asking you, they already trust that it's gonna that you're. Um, going to be really helpful for them. And you probably are going to agree that, yeah, we we have that kind of relationship where right. us spending time together is really going to be probably beneficial for both of you. Right. Yeah. Definitely. You yeah. know, and that, that's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anything that I'm, I don't think that there'd be anything in someone's that someone brings to tell that I'd say, no, we're just not going to do this. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, I think, you know, you want to, it's it's easier maybe, I guess you'd say, or the relationship gels better mm-hmm. when both parties are willing to open up and, you know, really get vulnerable with each other and, and go deep together. And, you know, sometimes that works better with, with some people than it does others, Um you know, and so I, I guess the only thing, it, it would be more frustrating if someone just, if someone came and said, I want to be mentored or I have to be mentored and, you know, I'm just doing it to do a requirement yeah. and I really don't want to open up at all. Yeah. You know, at some, uh, to some degree, I think a willingness has to be there on both parts. Yeah. And if not, and you're yeah. just doing it out of an I have to do this or, well, I guess I'm a you know Christian. I gotta find someone. Uh, no, I think that I think that you're gonna. There's a there's ways to disciple, and you're gonna find the way that that best suits your gifts. Yeah. And uh, you know if it's not if it's not something you enjoy doing, um, then you shouldn't be doing it until your heart's right. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I actually had a only one time. Uh, there was a student who I didn't normally meet with a student, um, formally at least, for discipleship. He was in a he he was in our youth ministry, he was in a small group, but he was in the what you alluded to before, the um the mentoring program here at the academy. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason he hadn't met with his mentor for that month. You mm-hmm. know, it was a requirement. So he said something like, you know, could you um could you be my mentor for this month? And I said, sure. Um, you know, when do you want to get together? And he said, oh, I just thought you'd sign my paper for me. <laughs> and, you know, it was one of those like, oh, you actually want to meet with me? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, the point of the program is not just to get a signature. You know, we right. should we should kind of catch up. And, and uh, I think he went and found somebody else who would sign his paper for me. <laughs> we ended up not meeting. Um, now that I think is rare, yeah. but, uh, but that was, you know, certainly, uh, memorable for a, I guess, kind of a disappointing reason. But, um, I want to go back to 
Um, well, let's go this way instead. Um, so you mentioned you're going through a book of the Bible yeah. right now with with a guy. What are some of the other materials you've used? Um, have you read Have you read other books with with guys? Are there um, books that that maybe would be good for somebody who's just maybe learning about discipleship? You mentioned multiply. Yeah. Um, are there others other tools that that either you've used or others have used with you, or that that at least maybe could educate uh, some of us about this practice of discipling? Uh, one of the and, and I guess. Um, well, you give us a lot of tools as a youth pastor. I think that's great. And you have the, the books and, you know, um, some of the ways that, one of the ways, I guess, that that I I, I uh, disciple is, you know, if, if there's a student who's hungry to read hmm. and is interested in reading the right kind, the right kind of books, yeah. uh, you know, I'll hone in on that. You know, and if they start reading a certain author or they they want to learn more about a certain subject and I know of a book, I'll say, hey, here's this book. You can borrow it or you should get it for yourself because it's so good. And, you know, and so I think that's that's one way is just knowing and that that's knowing where they're at and what they're interested in and maybe what they need help with, what they need to learn more about. Um, it's and if, it's it, to me, it seems uh Sadly, I think really rare that a student is is an eager reader. Right. Like what you said. At least that's my experience. Right. But there are some examples. That's true. I won't name any names, but <laughs> always glad to to help out. And yeah. if you've if you've gone through that book and the the uh, the younger the mentee mm-hmm. is going through it as well, then you can you know then you can have a discussion on it. You know. What you learn? You might learn something from them. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that that's one major way. Multiply is great because it it lays down, you know, kind of the whole story of the Bible and it has the questions. Yeah. Something that I used when I was uh, the the um, college intern, and that's a form of discipleship, like we said, teaching. Yeah. Um, was the the For You series. Okay, yeah. And Books so, of the Bible right. for you. And, you know, they, they've got a solid group of guys who write it, and they'll say, this isn't a commentary, you know, and all this, but it really does, it's, it's really nice to have because they provide um, very good questions that go along yeah. with a passage. And so those are two, two of the things that I... Or that's one of the main things that I really like or that I've used in the past. Yeah. Yeah, I um like you said, I've I've had a few guys who are especially interested in reading. I'm thinking of one uh one fellow right now who is just is just regularly asking me, what can I read next? What can I read next? Uh and that's that's really um thrilling i think for somebody to just want to Mm -hmm. to soak it in and to you know to even kind of seek out like what have you benefited from and how you know what would you point me to um so that's good um you know i think that i i hope and i think you know pretty regularly i try to remind people um you know this is this is why we're meeting together this is why we're doing because what i and what i say is i want 
you know, you guys, so if it's a group, I'll, you know, when all of you or if it's an individual say the point of point of me doing this with you is so that eventually you can be equipped to mm-hmm. disciple somebody else in the same way. Yeah. You know, so so in a small group setting, we've got leaders who are passing on um you know, life experience, but also biblical knowledge and just how to how to know how to apply scripture in the right way. We're passing that on uh, to them so that hopefully they'll pass that on to somebody else. That, mm-hmm. that idea of multiply. Like you yeah. said, making disciples who who make disciples. Yeah. You know, I think I think you and I, some of what we've even shared today, uh, we've had experiences like that. We've had other guys pour into our lives yeah. and had them emphasize to us you know, I'm not just telling you this so that you'll have a good week. Yeah. You know, I'm we're, we're setting a pattern for you that really can can and should be emulated by by all believers. You know, yeah. it's a it's a lifelong kind of process. Um now, I don't know if this is too uh technical. Maybe we'll we'll just kind of touch on it briefly, but thinking about Matthew 28 at the very end where Jesus uses that phrase uh, telling his his disciples, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like probably there's something in there that's that's sort of evangelistic. Yeah. Okay. So you're sharing the gospel. Yeah. With unbelievers, and sometimes we distinguish like evangelism is for for non-believers, discipleship is for believers. Yeah. Um, is that. Is that a fair distinction, or would there ever be a time where maybe you would disciple an unbeliever? I, I, if I can remember the, because I was even thinking about this recently, and I'm not, I can't remember why. Maybe it was the Phil Philip Yancey study that we're going through, because evangelism, you know, is brought up there, and but I, it seems to me that in the good soil training. Uh, which ABWE puts out is right. great. It's a great evangel like a good. It's a good bunch of evangelism tools. Yes, and it seems to me like I remember them saying something along the lines of, you know, someone who comes to faith. It it, it was something where you thought okay. This this problem with this individual and and their relationship to God is an evangelistic problem because they didn't have the right evangelistic tools, but it was really a discipleship problem. And I can't remember exactly what the question posed was, um, but I I think I think evangelism and discipleship really go hand in hand. Yeah, and I think about when. I think if you're going to evangelize, you've got to be ready to disciple. Yeah. Because I know when we would go down to the bridge and we would do street evangelism, which never was like super like threatening and never was jumping on a soapbox and yelling at people and holding up signs and all this. Never was anything crazy. Um, but there's a question that, you know, we'd have a list of questions and one of the questions was, if we had a place, would you be willing to meet with someone to discuss things about the Bible? Yeah. And sometimes the people would say yes. Now the problem was, and you're just like smacking your head like, what in the world? You know, we didn't have anything in place for that. Hmm. And so, 
and I mean if you're and if you're downtown, these people could be from anywhere in a twenty you know, maybe a twenty mile radius. Yeah. Fifty at least ten mile radius. Yeah. Okay. So you might be downtown and you ask someone a question, um, but they're out in Hickson. Yeah. You know, we're in the East Brainerd area. There's that's about a fifteen, twenty minute drive. Yeah. And so if you're gonna I think if you're going to evangelize, you have to have something in place for discipleship. Hmm. Now, that, and again, this goes back to good soil. There's different levels. Yes. So you might have someone who is, has been a believer for their whole, you know, for a majority of their life, but their Bible knowledge is very, 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 very small. Well, then they need something very basic, you yeah. know. Yeah. Multiply would be a great book for that. Uh, you might have someone who has, is kind of like, you know, I'm just going to pick on college students. You know, they grew up in the church, they're Christian, but they've got to college and their faith is being tested. Well, then they need something totally different. Yeah. You know, they might know all the basics to the Bible, but now they're in, you know, philosophy class and they're being challenged and they're like, yeah. man, you know, anyways. So like... You know that so it's different. So it's it's knowing your audience, uh, too. But I think when Jesus said, "Go and make disciples," right. you know, I think discipleship really is the, you know, um, in a relationship, discipleship in a disciple in relationship between people. Mm-hmm. Discipleship would be the the end goal. For evangelism, if that makes sense. Okay. I mean, obviously a relationship with Christ, but as we're talking about, you know, if I've got somebody that I'm talking to about Christ in an evangelistic vein, um, I don't need to just stop there. Right. I need to go a step further. Yeah. Um, So that if the Lord saves that person, draws them to himself, it's not, oh good, you're converted now. Right. It's an ongoing, like you said, now that person is to be discipled. Right. Um, you know, again, really probably in some way for the rest of their life. Right. But they'll also get to a point where they'll do the same for, for others. Right. Yeah. I hope that answered that question. <laughs> I, think it, I think it did. I think it did. You know, and I, um, I again, I think you're exactly right where you said they kind of go hand in hand. It's mm-hmm. not, yes, they're distinct categories, I think, in the sense that um, once a person is evangelized, mm-hmm. or, or let's put it this way, once a person has converted mm-hmm. to Christ, we're no longer really evangelizing them, although right. in, in a sense maybe we are because we talk about the need to constantly be reminded of the gospel. Right. But you just do that in a in a more discipleship mindset to where you no longer need to be converted. You, you've already been converted. Now is where the growth takes place. Right. And... Um, you know, I think about even even really what we're doing, say on a Wednesday night in a in a small group, is aimed for people who are already believers, right. in that we're we're already in a sense trusting that the that the Bible is the Word of God, that it has what we need for life. But we would be very happy for an unbeliever to still sit in on those conversations yeah. and have those discussions with us, so that they can see that this is just normal. Right. For Christians. And maybe even they would, you know, we, we trust that the Lord would maybe even draw them to himself just by sitting in on a discussion like that. Right. As they're observing, as they're hearing those things, as they're seeing what happens 
um, in a setting like that. So, yeah, yeah, I think there's definitely some interconnectedness Yeah, um, in that vein. And, and, the, and this is just a thought, you know, just a, I don't know that this answers any of the questions, but the, I don't think discipleship is just limited to someone with, you know, discipleship can happen on the same <clears throat> plane. Where you're, where, where two people are discipling each other. Okay, yeah. In other words, you know, men's fraternity. This is great. It's okay, yeah. great. And, you know, I guess, I guess in one sense, you're all being discipled by the guy on the video. But after that, you're talking, you're learning from each other, you know, and, and everyone, everyone kind of shares with each other and feeds off of each other. And, it, and it's good. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're discipling each other on the same level. Yeah. It's peer to peer. Yeah. Rather than just older to younger. Right. Or even, um, more mature, so to speak, Christian than right. less mature Christian. Right. And, uh, that is something else to throw out there. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I like that. I think that's good. Um, I'll add I'll add this in here as we're as we've just got a couple of minutes left. Um, I remember probably one of the um, rather than discipling, I think the term probably that Ken Ivans used, uh, I think more than anything, was he talked about reproduction. Mm-hmm. You're trying to reproduce yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think he meant that in a in a few different ways. Maybe mostly he's talking about the leaders, so adult leaders, uh, reproducing themselves in the lives of students so that those students could become yeah. leaders. Whether it was leader in the youth ministry or not, you know, that might be a uh that might be one way they could do it. Um and we've been fortunate, I've noticed even in, in our time here, my time here, that we've seen we've seen that happen. We've seen mm-hmm. students who have come up all the way up through high school and then they've graduated and then they, you know, uh, after graduation will plug right back in or maybe they'll yeah. come back a year or two later uh, and plug back in and, and do for others in the same kinds of setting what has been done for them right. for years. And that, that I think is really encouraging. But then also, I think especially when it happens to the point where you have young men especially who they become... Maybe not even just great small group leaders, but they're they're pretty regularly teaching. Yeah, the Bible. You know, yeah. um, we've we've talked about how we've used guys like that to speak at retreats. Yeah, to teach Sunday school classes. Yeah, uh, to fill in on Wednesday nights. You know, when the uh, when when those when others of us can't be there. Um, you know, to me, that's and I, and I don't again. I don't want to say that like public teaching is ultimate. Or right. anything like that. Um, there's a lot of great disciple makers who will never preach a sermon in public. Yeah, and and that's fine. But, and again, you kind of touched on this earlier. That public teaching of the word is another form of discipleship. Yeah, it's a. It, it happens maybe on a less personal level. Yeah, it happens more broadly rather than maybe more deeply. Right. But um, it, it it does at least equip them to be able to handle the word of God. In a in a way that they can preach it, or proclaim it, teach it to others. Yeah, um, which I think is 
is hugely encourage hugely encouraging at least for me to see other guys who uh become equipped to do that. Yeah. So um anything else on this topic that we've that we should pursue here in the final minute or two? I think one thing um just to leave and this is like an additional thought, you know, and this is for anyone who just a reminder for all of us who disciple or maybe, you know, uh you know, like I said, a reminder, maybe for people who might want to become, uh, you know, leaders and, and want to disciple others is, you know, you got to remember that if you're discipling people, they're watching. Yeah. And they're, they're watching what you say, what you do, you know, what you're posting on social media, you know, and that's, I think that goes back to, you know, I, I think you can apply what James says about teaching hmm. is if you're going to disciple, and I do believe we're all called to disciple in some form or fashion, it's just a reminder to take heed. There's people watching, you know, and and we got to remember that. Um, every one of us who are discipling, um, you know, it's just so important. You got to, they're looking up to you. Yeah. And we got to, we got to make sure that we're, we're walking in the spirit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, we're humans. We, we fail. I know I failed before and I've done it in front of some of my, uh, you know, some of the people I disciple and it's, it's rough, you know. Yeah. But, uh, that's just kind of the, the last word is just to remember they're, they're watching and, and you, if you're discipling, you're, uh, I think God's going to hold you accountable you know. Yep. And so that's just a just an encouragement to to be careful and to keep walking in the spirit and in the truth. Yeah. Yeah. The discipler never ne- never stops being discipled himself. Right. Yeah. Amen. I think that's that is a good word to end on. I appreciate you sharing that. Yep. And uh thanks again for your time, Aaron. Oh, thanks for setting it up and doing it in your office. This is always fun. Always a pleasure and thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on the Sola Gratia podcast.